book of Zechariah chapter 1, the book of Zechariah chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading at the 18th verse. We do want to mention that there'll be no service tonight as it is our last Sunday of the month. Also, uh, there'll be no midweek service due to the holiday, but a week from today, we're going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost, and we're going to continue down the path of accomplishing what the Lord has put in our heart to accomplish, and that is, of course, to to build this beautiful uh, building for the glory of the Lord. We know that the building is not the church. We know that we are the church. Uh, but I've said before that this is a tool that is needed. It's going to be the most expensive tool we've ever bought. But it's a tool that we need to reach the lost in Jesus' name. From the book of Zechariah chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, the word of the Lord says this, Then lifted I up mine eyes, and saw, and behold, four horns. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Then said I, What come these to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But these, these carpenters are come to fray them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the head, the land of Judah, to scatter it. I would like, by the help of the Lord this morning, to preach to you on this subject, carpenters on a mission from God. Carpenters on a mission from God. Could we just lift up our voices together and ask the blessing of the Lord to... Rest upon the preaching of his word this morning. God, we thank you for every person that has come to this place today. For every person that will hear your word. And I pray, Lord, that your word would, would find good soil, Lord, wherewith to be planted. I pray, Lord, that your word would have free course to accomplish that whereto you send it. Help your word, Lord, to be preached with boldness and with love. With accuracy, Lord, and with compassion. I pray, O oh God, that each of us would sit together in heavenly places as your word comes forth to minister and to heal. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. And everybody said, Amen. And Amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. We're reading about and from the prophet Zechariah. The prophet Zechariah is known in the Bible as a, or in, in, to students of the Bible, as a minor prophet. There are minor prophets in the Old Testament. There are major prophets uh, in the Old Testament. And the difference between a major and a minor prophet is the length of the book that they wrote. The major prophets wrote large volumes of books concerning the prophecies that the Lord had given them. And then the minor prophets wrote smaller books that uh, re related to the prophecies the Lord had given them. There was not a difference in significance of the prophecies. It was in relationship to how much the particular prophet wrote. So Zechariah is one of the prophets that you'll find in the latter part of the Old Testament among those Several little books that all kind of blend together 
as you, as you go back to the back of the Old Testament. Uh, before we got all this uh, fancy schmancy technology where we can read the scriptures on the screen, the preacher would tell folks to look to the book of Nahum or Habakkuk, and folks would cringe because they knew they had to go decipher all these little books and find which one he was talking about. Those are the minor prophets. Zechariah is the, one of the larger books of the minor prophets, and he was unique. He was unique because several of the minor prophets had received a word from the Lord, and they spoke that word, and that word that God gave them was in relationship to the sins of Israel. And because of the sins of Israel, there would be judgment to come to Israel. You, you can count on that, ladies and gentlemen. Sin will be judged. This is why it is a foolish thing for modern-day Christians to pretend that there is no sin or that, or that sin is not a big deal. It is a very big deal, and judgment will come upon sin. This is what happened at the cross. That was the judgment of God upon the body of Jesus Christ. And we thank God because he took our punishment upon that cross. Thank God. But they prophesied, these minor prophets, that there would be judgment brought from God to the children of Israel because of their sin. And they, of course, not only spoke about the judgment, but they would reference the fact that Messiah would come and that he would deliver the children of Israel. Zechariah was a little bit unique in that he really concentrated on the fact that Messiah would come. He, he saw, too, the judgment of God. He also saw the sins of the people, like the other minor prophets. But, but when it came to talking about Messiah, that's all he wanted to talk about. Somebody said he was like a little book of Isaiah, that he just referenced the Messiah, the Christ, over and over again, letting people know he's coming. There is sin, yes. There is judgment for that sin, yes. And there is a Christ who will come and thank God deliver us. That's the thing about vision and about the preaching of the word. It absolutely must deal with the realities of sin and subsequently the realities of the judgment of God for that sin. But the beautiful thing about preaching and about vision is that you don't just have vision of the sin and the judgment for that sin. But if you have the vision of God, you can see through it all the way to when God delivers. Hallelujah. When we look at people who are suffering in the stranglehold of sin, we are not merely to see them as individuals who are so broken down that they are beyond repair. We're not to look at folks who are dealing with the difficulties of of, of sin and bondage and think that there is no help nor hope for them. But we are to see through it. Hallelujah. And know the Messiah has come. To know that the Lord is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Hallelujah. When we look at people, we always need to have hope. Never look upon someone and deem them that they have no hope. If Jesus did what Jesus did, and Jesus did what Jesus did, they have hope. 
Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how tightly bound they may be in the chains of darkness. They have hope in Jesus Christ. It does not matter how broken down their emotional state may be. They have hope in Jesus Christ. You may be in a situation that you have begun to look at as being hopeless. It is not hopeless. Jesus Christ is Lord. It is not hopeless. He has all power in heaven and in earth. It is not hopeless. This is not a hopeless gospel we preach. This is a gospel of hope. Regardless of your circumstances, it is a gospel of absolute Hope in Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. There is hope in his name. There is hope in his mercy. There is hope in his blood. There is hope in his healing power. There is hope in his word. There is a hope in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You have hope in Jesus Christ. And Zechariah brought that out, spoke that, and, and delivered that to the people and so we see this occur in this passage of Scripture that we are reading. He sees in a vision four horns. These four horns were not uh, unique to Zechariah's vision. There were other prophets who also saw these horns. These four horns were four kings. And he saw the damaging impact they would have upon Israel. And he saw these four horns appear in his vision. He said, Lord, what are these four horns? And the Lord said, these four horns are four powers that are going to scatter Israel and Judah and Jerusalem. These four powers are going to work against my people. And they're going to, they're going to send them scrambling through the uttermost parts of the earth. And Israel will be moved out pushed out and moved beyond and they're going to they're going to face such difficulty they have chosen other gods and i have allowed them to experience what those other gods can provide to them this is why you need to be careful today with what choices you make because when you reject the Lord and choose a different way, the Lord will allow you to go that way. And he'll let you experience what that way can afford you. But you need to choose you this day whom you will serve. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I get a witness this morning? As for me and my house. Oh, I believe I've got some believers this morning who have made up in their mind, I'm going to serve the Lord. Israel had not made up their mind they'd serve the Lord. Each generation had a battle with idolatry and they would succumb to the temptations to reject the invisible Holy One of Israel and they would build idols unto themselves and God allowed them to fall prey to the four powers that would come. Many people have, have noted these four powers in other prophets' prophetic renderings. And these four kings that, that appear, these four horns that appear, they did so much damage to the people of Israel. And Zechariah is observing these four horns in the vision. And then the Bible said that just as quickly as the four horns emerged, there were four carpenters. That emerged. And, and he said, Lord, what are these four carpenters that have emerged? He said, These four carpenters are going to bring my people back 
They're going to reach their arms out to the scattered places. And they're going to bring the people of God back to where they belong. In a covenant of mercy. In a covenant of peace. In a covenant of promise. Paul said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And when you look at that and understand, that's exactly what we see in our world today. We see that sheep have gone astray. We're living in a society where people are doing what they want to do. And they're not following after the precepts of the Lord. And it is causing society to teeter and totter. It's causing society to wobble. We're beginning to see a breakdown of the fabrics of society. Society is beginning to to veer off in a dangerous way. What's happening? What's happening? The powers of darkness are scattering people. They are searching out their own way. In our world today, in our own nation today, we have an opioid crisis that has, has gotten out of control. This crisis has come to such a a devastating point where people are looking to chemicals to satisfy the longing in their soul. People are looking to some kind of a compound that has been developed in a chemist lab that they can put into their system, put into their bloodstream, try to trick their brain into feeling better, feeling peace. Listen, your brain can't be tricked by some medical or chemical concoction. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. It isn't about a chemical you can put into your bloodstream or a beverage that you can put into your system. It's about God being the Lord of your mind, God being the Lord of your soul, you loving him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We've got a world that has been scattered. We've got a world that is full of division and strife and anger and malice and wrath and hatred, and racism, and pride, and bigotry. It's full throughout our world. And, 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 and it's, it's breaking down relationships. And it's building up walls between whole sectors of society. People are drawing lines in the sand, saying, I can have nothing to do with you because you are not like me. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that the world of people is being scattered all around us. People are being sent to and fro and they're looking to their own way instead of looking to the word of the Lord. People have stopped going to church in so many places. People have stopped believing in God in so many places. People are turning to false prophets and false teachers. They're buying into heresies. They're buying into humanistic religions. What's happening? The powers of this world are scattering the people. Perversion has taken root in our society where men are trying to become women and women are trying to become men. And men have lusted after men and women have lusted after women. And they give over, they give over to temptations of the lusts of their flesh. And the Bible said that the Lord had turned them over unto a reprobate mind. And, 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 and not only that, but adultery and fornication and lasciviousness and people acting out in ways beyond their marital constraints. Let me tell you the kind of sexual relationship that God will absolutely bless. The Holy Union of one man and one woman in marriage. 
I'm going to say that again. God will only bless the sexual relationship of one man and one woman in the holy union of marriage. If it's premarital, he won't bless it. If it's extramarital, he won't bless it. If it's same sex, he won't bless it. Everything, all of that is sin and ungodliness. You hear what I'm telling you today, ladies and gentlemen? The power of the horns have scattered the people. But oh, be of good cheer, because God has a plan. The Bible said he sent four carpenters into the world, and the carpenters are bringing the people unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When Jesus was born, he was born the son of a carpenter. They said, is not this the carpenter's son? I want you to know that the carpenter has come into this world. Hallelujah. I said the carpenter has come into this world. He knows the exact measurements. He knows the exact cubic inches. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's got it all mapped out, got it all planned out. You don't need to look for another. You don't need to look elsewhere. Jesus is the only hope. Jesus is the Savior of our soul. Jesus is the carpenter that brings the scattered people. Oh, hallelujah. I can hear him saying, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus not only came to do his work on the earth, but he came to anoint us to do his work on the earth. Jesus, listen, now listen, Jesus healed the sick. Jesus opened the blinded eyes. Jesus unlocked the deaf ears. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus fed the multitudes. Jesus walked on the water. Jesus, I could go on, but this is what Jesus said. He said, I'm not just with you. I shall be in you. And this is what he said. He said, greater works than these shall you do. Hallelujah. Jesus isn't the only carpenter. Hallelujah. All of us are made to be carpenters. Every single one of us are supposed to be busy doing what the Lord has called us to do. We don't deviate from his plan. We don't deviate from what he has set out. We don't deviate from his measurements. His measurements are true. His measurements are exact. When you start deviating from his measurements, you're going to arrive somewhere you don't want to be. You're going to wonder, how did I get here? Well, because you skimmed an inch here. You shaved an inch there. You removed a barrier here. You said this isn't important because society tried to make you feel like you were too old-fashioned for believing that anymore? You know, no, no, you're deviating from the integrity of the pattern set by the master carpenter. The carpenter has come. He has established it. He has given us the keys to the kingdom. These are actual keys to an actual kingdom. You can't get your own little play key and walk up to this kingdom and think you're going to get in. Hallelujah. But he has filled us with his spirit, washed us in his blood, and put us on a mission. Hallelujah. He said, go, preach the gospel to every creature. 
He said, go into the highways and into the byways, compelling them to come because they're scattered. They're scattered into the highways. They're scattered into the byways. They're scattered into the hedges. They're the halt and the blind and the lame. But he said, go, get them, compel them to come. I need you to bring them to the place I have prepared for them. That's what we're doing at the Tree of Life Church. We are carpenters on a mission from God. What are these four horns? These four horns are scattering the world. These four horns are are causing confusion and chaos. What are these powers that are existing in our world? The spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. You're waiting for some mystery man to show up, passing out a, a, a number for people to take. And the scripture said the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. And those who don't realize that will fall prey to any false prophet or false teacher that comes onto the scene. The spirit of Antichrist is already at work. But don't be afraid, my children, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have work to do. We have jobs to do. We have a gospel to preach. We have souls to preach to and to teach and to save. We have hearts to bind up, broken hearts to bind up. We have been anointed of God to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised, hallelujah, to preach deliverance to the captives. We're on a mission from God. You know why we're building a building? Because we're on a mission. You want to know why we're inviting friends and neighbors? Because we're on a mission. People have been scattered to and fro throughout the earth. But we're on a mission from God. You say, well, I don't feel qualified for that mission. You are qualified. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, washed in His precious blood, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you there's no power in hell that can stop you from doing what the Lord has called you to do. You don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the most skilled laborer. All you've got to do is have a willing heart and say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. Lord, here am I. Send me. Several years ago, we went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. We were on a mission. We got to the Dominican Republic. We were going to build a church in seven days. I could have done the whole thing by myself. No, I couldn't have. In fact, I could hardly do, well, we won't go there, but. And I, we get there and we, we come off the plane. And as we come off the plane, we're working with Brother Myers and, and First Pentecostal Church of Palm Bay, Florida. And, and they had brought 10 men. We brought 10 men. And uh, we got off the plane, and the pastor, the missionary, Brother Shirley, picked us up at the airport. He said, listen, I don't want to make you nervous. But he said, the church that we're going to be building in that neighborhood, there was a person murdered in cold blood across the street. It's a bad neighborhood. I said, well, <laughs> that might make some people nervous, but... Why would that make me nervous? We went down into that area. That, that particular neighborhood was overrun with drug lords, warlords, prostitution, and, and, and violence, terrible violence. The whole, the whole neighborhood was, was 
was bullied, if you please, by these kinds of horns that we're talking about, where people were broken and people were intimidated. And here we come walking in on a mission, on a mission from God to build a church for the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you could put up that first picture. Um, there he is right there. That, no, that's not Bob Vila. And no, that's not Bob the Builder. That's yours truly. And uh, I was all set and ready to roll. Now, I'm not, I'm not what you call a master craftsman. No, 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 I'm, I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere between a master craftsman and, and somebody who doesn't know at all what they're doing. And I kind, of, I kind of am a little closer to one of those than the other. But I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag. I don't, I don't want to brag. Not here in the pulpit anyway. And so I had gotten some fancy new tools. And some very keenly observed they didn't have a dent or scratch on them. I, you know, I think taking the tags off on the way to get this picture taken was part of the problem. But. But you look, you can tell this man knows what he's about to do. He's got, look at that belt he's got on, and you can see the handle of the hammer. And look at that shovel over there in the corner. This man is on a mission. We can move to the next picture. Look at this, look at this. Look at the craftsmanship. I'm doing something with that drill up there on that roof, too. There's just no question. This, this guy, man, we were getting stuff done. The reality. The reality is, some on the trip weren't quite as skilled as others. But it doesn't matter the kind of skills and talents and abilities you think you may or may not have. What matters is a willing heart to step into the middle of what the enemy has tried to create a confusion with. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The world, we, listen, you weren't born in 1900, 1950, 1980. You were born and you're thriving right here in this day and in this time. You may think that you're out of place. You might think that, that, that this, you're up against a struggle that can't be won. I'm telling you that God has brought all of us here for such a time as this. We are uniquely equipped to preach the gospel to every creature. We are uniquely equipped to build a church for the glory of God. We are uniquely capable, hallelujah, of setting our shoulder to the plow and not looking back. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. We ran into one guy was, they told us don't venture away from the work site because you don't know what you'll get into one day. We'd gotten so comfortable. You know, it wasn't nearly as bad as what we thought it would be. And so we ventured from the work site, a couple of us, and, and we went down into the, down into some other parts of the neighborhood, and, and, and we ran into this guy. I think he was on something. Shirtless, had uh, a machete. It was rusty. And he was doing this with it, kind of flipping it back and forth, walking toward us, eyes set on us. There were about two or three of us. And we looked up at him and thought, well, now this can't be good. Nothing good can come from this. He walked up to us, and we had a brief little conversation. He was a little aggressive, a little assertive, but we, we moved on beyond that conversation, got back to the work site, and didn't venture away. 
After that, later I said, I don't know what we were so nervous about with a rusty machete. We had our tetanus shots and everything, so we've been perfectly fine. But do you know the report came back to us that after that building was built in that neighborhood that all of the drug lords were driven out and all of the warlords were drifted, dri- driven out and the prostitution was shut down? You know, what's, you know what it is? The carpenters are on a mission. The carpenters are on a mission. The carpenters are coming to do something for the Lord. The horns may have have caused confusion. The powers of this world may be causing confusion. But the carpenters are on a mission from God. Hallelujah. And you may not be able to, you, you may be skilled with, with as a natural carpenter. We have many skilled carpenters in our congregation. But, but maybe that isn't your forte. But I'm going to tell you something. If you'll rightly divide this word of truth, if you'll put your shoulder to the plow of this holy book, God is going to use you. He's going to anoint you. He's going to cause you to affect his kingdom. Hallelujah. In a powerful way. And every stronghold must come down. And every foundation that the enemy has laid in people's lives is going to be ripped up and the glory of the Lord is going to rise among us in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you something. There's healing coming to your household. There's healing coming to your marriage in Jesus' name. There's healing coming to your finances in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody believe that right now. Somebody believe that right now. This is a season of blessing in the name of Jesus. I want you right now to denounce every lie that the devil has been telling you. He's been telling you that it's over. He's been telling you that he's got you down. He's been telling you that he's going to overwhelm you and overcome you. But you need to speak truth and life and faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the Lord has raised up the carpenter. We don't put our faith in the heathen gods of this world. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 41 describes what the idolaters would do. The idolaters who who look to other means for their salvation. They said the carpenter encourages the goldsmith. And the goldsmith encourages him that smites with the hammer. And him that smites with the anvil, saying it is ready for the soldering. And he fastened it with nails that it should not be moved. Now that's talking about the idols. But when you put your faith in the idols, your faith is going to be devastated and your whole world is going to come apart. But when the scripture teaches us about the Lord and the work that the Lord does, this exact process unfolds but with a different outcome. The carpenter encourages the smiths that smite with the hammer and that smites with the anvil and says it is ready for the soldering and fastens it with nails that it should not be moved. These aren't just any nails. This is the nail in the sure place. Hallelujah. I can feel the encouragement of the carpenter in our Ready Now program campaign initiative telling us you're on the right track. You're doing what I've called you to do. Hallelujah. Keep on keeping on don't look back don't turn aside to the left don't turn aside to the right but focus hallelujah tree of life it's time to bear down and be focused and the lord is going to bless us beyond anything that we've ever seen before last year we had a meeting with one of our financing advisors 
If you're here for the first time or if you're here uh, for the last couple of Sundays, you've probably noticed a theme. We've been in this building five and a half years. When we got here, I preached a message called, Welcome to this Tabernacle. The point of that message was that like the tabernacle in the wilderness, this building was going to be a temporary worship location. They spent 40 years in that wilderness. And up until a couple of years ago, I was afraid we might be doing the same. We are transitioning out of this building where we have no more room and we're building a new building for the glory of the Lord. In fact, you can see the outline of it in the parking lot and grass. And I, we've been focused on that for a year and a half now and we're going to continue to, to put our shoulder to the plow until God makes this an absolute reality for us. A year ago, we met with one of our financing advisors. He took a look at our situation. He said, well, the best of luck to you all. Looks like you've got a good idea, good plan. Hope it works out for you, and, and we'll keep in touch, keep communicating. And we said, okay, thank you. He said, you need to do this and that, and you need to do that and this. And All right, good to meet with you guys. We met with him again this week. He looked at where we are today, and he said, Wow. Wow. He said, you guys are leaps and bounds ahead of where you were last year. He said, this thing is happening. He gave us a brief list of action items and he said, stay on this track. Don't get off this track. Just keep moving. Just keep going. Because he said, you're getting so close. You're getting so close. He said, this project is going to happen sooner than you imagined. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What we're seeing is we're seeing God raise up carpenters among us. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't worry if you look like the guy you just saw here on the screen and you feel like you might be overmatched for the task. Don't worry. God has anointed you with everything you need. Everything we need is right here in this room. It's right here in this atmosphere. It's right here in this body. We have people from outside of this congregation sending in commitments and offerings saying we want to be a part of what Tree of Life Church is doing. God is providing for us. We have people selling jewelry. You want to know why? Because they're carpenters on a mission from God. We've got people who sold, one gentleman sold a whole baseball card collection that he had been saving for, for years, and he sold it for the glory of the Lord. Why? Because he's a carpenter on a mission from God. People are selling property and giving the proceeds to Ready Now because they're carpenters on a mission from God. How do we combat the power of these horns that are scattering the people in our generation by carpenters rising up saying, Lord, if you can use me, I will do what you've called me to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's not afraid of our generation. God's not afraid of the hatred in our generation. God's not afraid of the perversion in our generation. God's not afraid of the confusion in our generation. He's raised up carpenters. And the Tree of Life Church is one of those carpenters that he has raised up. And we're going to build what he told us to build. And we're going to do what he told us to do. And he is going to receive the glory. If you believe it, would you give him praise? Ha, 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 ha. 
Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Come on, give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, I want you to praise him for this building right now in the name of Jesus. Give him praise. Give him praise for the space we're going to have. Give him praise for the foundation. Give him praise for the walls. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise for every seat. Give him praise for every soul that's going to sit in those seats. Give him praise for what he, my God have mercy. Give him praise for what he is doing in our midst. You know what I believe? I'm declaring it in the name of Jesus. We're going to reach 2 million by the end of the year. In Jesus' name, we're going to reach 2 million by the end of the year. I need somebody that agrees with me right now just to lift up your hands and say, Lord, I agree. I agree. In the name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. For he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. He is